Hello and welcome to Jumpstart Weekly, the weekly manga podcast where every week we read all of the weekly chapters on Visit Shonen Jump website, as well as another collected volume of manga. I'm your host, Jeremy. And I'm your host, Kevin. And today we read Gintama Volume 1. I forgot, but then I remembered. Gintama. Gintama. I'm certain you're right, but that's not how my brain will do it, because I am a person that spells Jeremy with a G. So when I say it, see a name that starts with G, I go for the J. Also, he probably likes to drink gin. Probably not. He does not seem like a drunkard to me. No, he does not seem like he drinks anything. But before that, we have plenty of Shonen Jump to talk about, starting with yet another brand new series. So, Kevin, what did you think of Chapter 1 of Hard-Boiled Cop and Dolphin? I'm sorry, Depth 1. These are called Depths. There you go. (laughs) I actually really liked it. This was a comedy series that I kind of latched on to, like... So the guy is a hard-boiled cop. He's the loose cannon cop who gets results. And there's a great bit where he's doing an inner monologue. and He's like, this you can tell I'm hard-boiled by the fact that my inner monologue has blood splat- hard-boiled blood splatters on them. No, it's not a nosebleed because I saw some hot lady. Who would ever do that? And then that immediately happens with his new partner well his new partner is not her well, yeah that's he, true she's she's part of the police force she comes to meet him and she's like pleasure to meet you sir and her blouse just rips open because she's wearing a uniform that's like three sizes too small for her bust we should also mention that he because he is hard-boiled and because he punched a guy with a gun he has been like he was gonna be fired but negotiated to instead be transferred to a small town police force yeah it was kind of a like, yeah, I got the guy and nobody got hurt, but you're break you're breaking all the rules. We don't need a loose cannon cop who only cares about results. Yeah. So he gets transferred to this small oceanside town where there was apparently a sea cult that all disappeared one day, except for that this girl for this girl that was there, like Messiah, who was raised by dolphins. Her yeah. name is uh Chaco. Well, she also disappeared, but she recently came back. Yes, because her dolphin dad brought her back. Because, like Triceracop, the main character, Semijima, is partnered with the other new guy, who is a dolphin. Yep. Who, everyone else, like, I love that the hard-boiled cop, whatever his name is, I know you just said it, is like, wait, he's a dolphin. It, is anyone else going to comment on this? Is, is this normal here? He is a bipedal dolphin who speaks English. And has yeah. hands. Like, it's not, it's, it looks like he's a man with a dolphin, like. He's an curatorial a dolphin man. Yeah, like, it's like he's got a dolphin, I'm going to call it a bust. It's like from the shoulders up, he's a dolphin. But everything else, he's a dude. So he moved here with his daughter, and now they're partners, and they solve a crime. Yeah, so they get, I love, so there's this dude who's like, I'm complaining about a busted taillight. And... The police officers are like, all right, well, can we see your license and identification? And he was like, well, I, I'm the victim here. They're like, that, that's fine. I just need your license and identification. And the guy's trying to basically guilt trip them into giving him whatever he wants because it's not actually his car. He was joyriding. Uh, but the hardball cop is having none of it. So he just starts grilling this dude. Bold move to call the cops when you are joyriding. Yeah. Also, dumb move. I think it might have been like he... He busted the taillight and somebody saw him, so he decided to play the victim and hoped that that would work out for him. Yeah, well, bold strategy, Cotton. Yeah, it uh, does not pay off for him. <laughs> they end up shooting at his tire because he almost hit some kids. I think it was a woman and her kid. Uh-huh. 
Anyway, I also liked it decently of like the new comedy series we're getting thrown out. This is my favorite one. I don't know if it has legs, if you'll pardon the pun, but I certainly liked it. It tells a complete story. The absurdist humor is pretty good. The characters are all decent. Yeah. Yeah, like I liked the the bit about the Japanese police officers firing the guns. Like the punks are driving away because they're like, oh, yeah, we're, uh, you know, Internet celebrities. Like we make YouTube videos. You'll go up on YouTube and uh, this will be horrible for your police department. And the dolphin just comes over and snatches the phone. And he's like, you realize it's not legal to videotape somebody without their permission, right? <laughs> But as they're driving away, he, they, the dolphin guy pulls out the gun and they're like, oh, he's waving the gun. And they talk about how most Japanese police officers will go their whole career without firing their firearm. Like they have a gun, but they won't fire it. But both him and the hardboiled cop shoot out the tires to and the dolphin is like, well, sometimes you do have to pull the trigger because he and the hardboiled cop saw the people that they were going to hit. And that's why they shot out the tires. Uh, you know, it's much safer for a car without tires to be coming towards you then. Well, I, I... I also... I I do I like the moment. Yeah. I'm not trying to undercut it. I also but. like the moment where the dolphin was like, huh. He was like, well, that was a pretty good shot on my... Like, you know, don't worry, I'm fairly accurate. And then he's thinking about the other guy's shot. And he was like, that was at a much harder angle. And he still managed to hit the tires. I'm impressed. Anything else you wanted to say on hard-boiled cop and dolphin? Like I said, I liked it. I I liked the humor. This one worked for me. And it seems like he's going to, because they make mention, this was one thing that, while kind of cool, was kind of annoying. So they were like, there's like 10 million species of animals on Earth, but 90% of them are in the ocean and we've only explored 5% of the ocean's depths. depths. And I'm like, okay, all all your numbers are wrong there. Because unless you're like just excluding bugs, sure. But if you put bugs into there, the amount of terrestrial species is like, I'm going to throw out a random number of like 12 times higher than what it is for aquatic species because there's that many bugs. Yeah, but Kevin, what about water bugs? They don't count as aquatic. (laughs) I'm just kidding. If Pokemon has taught me anything, Kevin, it's that there are way more fish than bugs. No, (laughs) not Uh. in reality. Like if Pokemon were real, you would there would just be literally just caterpies just everywhere. I mean that's how Pokemon works too. Yeah. That brings us to my hero academia number two hundred and seventy six. You cheated. What did you think of my hero this week, Kevin? I liked it. This is a good escalation. I like Deku and Bakugo getting into this. Or like getting into the fight where Todoroki's like, uh, don't worry, we got this. And then both of them just being like, no, fuck that. It's our turn. Yeah. I also quite like this. I mean, like I said, I care about all these people here. I care about Endeavor and Eraserhead and Gran Torino and Bakugo and Deku. So that's what this story has been missing. It seemed very beat-like to me, again, because I feel like we've had this moment a bunch in this story already. But it did come off as pretty strong. And I'm happy that like we're going to get finally get, hopefully, an actual fight here. Yeah, the thing that really got me was, so Gran Torino saves them after they almost get disintegrated, and he's like, you guys already did a good job. You drew him away from the civilians, now the heroes can handle it. And so he goes back, but Deku and Bakugo are both like, no, it's our time. Like, thank you for saving us, Sensei, but it is our time to step up. We need to be the heroes. And I just really liked that moment. 
I don't know that I have anything to add, so that will bring us to Time Paradox Ghost Rider Chapter 7. Time Paradox Ghost Rider. I was going to say, I wrote title drop in my um, <laughs> in my notes, and I was like, I don't think that's what it was called. <laughs> Roll credits? <laughs> yeah, this was an interesting twist that I wasn't expecting. I kind of was, because you can only keep this premise going for so long. Well, it's not that I wasn't expecting a twist, it's that I wasn't expecting this particular twist. I gotcha. So, he gets his next issue of Shonen Jump, and... A week later. Yes. Within it is just a note that says that I know died, so that that was the last chapter of White Knight, and like the condolences go to their family, and yep. more news about volume sales and the like will be announced when it's known. I liked all of that, and I do like that the main character is again struggling with what he struggled through this entire time, which is like, well, what do I do about what White Knight? Yeah, like I can't stop it here, but like. Is it disrespectful to future dead Hino to keep going? Like, or maybe, like, have I saved her life by doing this before her? Yeah. Like, is this some sort of weird destiny? And that's, like, it then prints a thing that's like, no, she's still in danger. And that's the part of it that I'm like, that's a little convenient. That this time machine microwave can answer him. I kind of, but he's, like, screaming at it for answers, too. So it's not like, it's not just, like... Because I think at one point he's literally bashing on the thing, being like, you know, what do I do? And yeah, it is a little convenient that it answers him, but I do kind of like that even though it does answer him, it's still a little bit vague on where he's just like, you know, did I maybe save her? No. Keep drawing White Knight. Save I know. <laughs> yeah. Save the cheerleader. <laughs> save the world. But she's fine, right? Save the cheerleader. Save the world. But she's fine. Yeah, and like I just think ambigu- ambiguity would have been better, but I did really like this chapter. Yeah, because it feels like this series finally has stakes in a way it's really needed. Yeah, the fact that uh, we basically got a countdown clock to I know's gonna die in now nine years. Yeah, no, it's, I think it's still ten years. Yeah, and the cause of death is unknown and yep. all that. You know. Yeah, because they wouldn't have printed that in Shonen Jump. Yes. Yeah, especially if drawing manga killed her, which I kind of hope is not the case. Like, all these series about writing manga are about how hard it is, because it's incredibly hard on a person. And, like, maybe with all her passion, I hope the answer is not get her to not draw manga. That's the, like, I'm not saying that will be it, but that's my one fear of a solution. Yeah, I, they haven't, they haven't really been hinting at the fact that overwork is going to be something for her, especially because she's older, so you'd think it'd be a bit easier. I don't know. Maybe it'd be harder. Yeah, I mean, if she has some sort of pre-existing condition she doesn't know about that gets yeah. aggravated because she's n- not sleeping, she's just drawing White Knight. Yeah. So he's left with, like, how do I continue this series when, like, yeah. I haven't actually had to do anything with it, creatively speaking, yeah. except draw. Like, what do I do now? Plus, the added stakes are really good. Is there anything else you wanted to say on Time Paradox, Ghost Rider? Nope. That will bring us to Magi-chan, God of Destruction, Chapter 2, The Boy Ren Fujisawa. I like this chapter a lot more than Chapter 1. It, it went way down on my rankings because I was extremely optimistic on Chapter 1, but I do kind of like the fact that the boy likes her, but like I kind of knew that already considering he was in the cover art. 
for the manga? I mean, it's the most obvious thing, but I like the jokes about Magu like learning about romance from reading shoujo manga, and so he can immediately identify what's going on. Yeah, like, oh, I'll be your wingman. I'll tell her you want to mate with her, and he's like, no, we can't do that. I feel like this extra character adds a lot to the series potential eyes speaking and i just thought it was much funnier than the first chapter which is really why on my rankings it went higher of course i had it ranked at the very bottom last week so yeah nowhere to go but up yeah and i didn't find it particularly funny for me i don't know that there's much more to say on a comedy chapter anything else you wanted to add that will bring us to we never learn question 164 x equals the sleeping beauty of the literary forest part five I like this chapter a little more than I've liked We Never Learn Lately, but it's kind of the same issue I've had with this entire story arc. Yeah. Which is we've already seen these moments. Both yes. from like a literal standpoint, we catch up to where Uraraka confesses to him. And from like an emotional standpoint, I've seen Thurohashi get over these things she's trying to deal with right now. Yeah. She's got like added like guilt because she's now lying about her broken ankle. Mm-hmm. Which seems like a thing she would do, but and then beat herself up about it. But again, I feel like I've seen this all before. Um, yeah. So even though some of it's sweet, and I think uh, that's why I liked it a little bit more, we get Furashi giving a love confession that she can't admit that's what it is. Yes. And we get her and uh, Yukia supporting each other. But... Like I've said before, I feel like we've seen all this. I feel like going back in time, I I understand why you do it from a creative standpoint to make these all seem different. I think this was a mistake. Yeah. Like, the only thing that changed is she has the broken ankle. And so it's like, it is weird that it hasn't changed. Her having a broken ankle hasn't changed enough. Mm -hmm. Like... She still hasn't gotten over the fact that she's in love with Yugiya. Uraraka still confesses to him. Their relationship hasn't really seemed to progress because she's stalling, essentially. She's, like, trying to live in her daydream mm-hmm. as opposed to accepting reality. So it's kind of like, so you went back in time, and this is, like, the exact opposite of the butterfly effect, where this is more <laughs> like... It's, it's the time goes wa- from Final Fantasy VII Remake, all right? Trying to make everything go exactly the same way as it happens. Yeah, well, it's more like this is a fixed point yeah. kind of thing <laughs> where it's like, it doesn't matter what you change. It, this is going to happen kind of feeling where it was like, I changed one thing. Yeah, but nothing actually changed. Like, you know, if this was time was a river, you threw a rock into there. There was a couple of ripples, but literally nothing happened. Like there was some ripples and then, you know, three seconds later, the current's exactly the same as it's always been. Uh-huh. Oh, which is too bad, because, you know, we love We Never Learn. Hopefully it doesn't, like, drag its feet for the next two arcs. I Or hopefully, I mean, this arc is halfway done at this point. Yeah. So maybe there'll be some changes in the later half. Like, she's heard the confession, so we'll see what happens with the fact that she's lying and, and, and what she does fair, with it. And to be fair, the confession is implied. It might be that Yugi is like, hey, hold on, Furuhashi's acting weird. I have to go see what's up. Well, before I, she can, we literally see Uraraka saying, "I love you." Oh, do we? Okay. Yes, I don't remember. I read this like four days ago. I don't remember. Okay, so yeah, it's definitely not implied. It's we see a picture of Furuhashi around the corner with the speech bubbles of Uraraka saying, "I love you." Yacha. Next up, that will bring us to Act Age Scene One Hundred Eighteen, Den of Ogres. What did you think of this chapter of Act Age, Kevin? 
I like this chapter of Act Age. So it's so it is not about this uh, Taiga drama is not about Tamaki. No, it is not. It is about a different actress. Yeah, it's about a dead actress at this point. Yeah, because her mother, or I'm sorry, her daughter, her daughter is like here's here, which makes more sense. Fifty, sixty, something like that. Yeah. yeah, it just they said she'd be playing her, which is accurate because Tamaki is the lead, but. Yeah, so Tamaki had already gotten the lead, so they were casting her younger selves in the drama. Mm-hmm. So I also quite like this chapter, especially because it's just the three actresses, like, kind of in this meeting together. And uh, Chrysalis is just being very, like, timid and trying to basically suck up to everyone. Yeah. But Kay stands up for her. Yeah, because the actress's daughter, who's going to be, like, one of the main things is like, oh, you actresses now don't understand what it was like. And Kay, because Chrysalis says something and she's extremely snooty to Chrysalis. Yeah. Well, And she's like, well, I hope you'll help us understand like the very polite Japanese response. And then uh, I hope you'll help us understand and then apologize after the after the (laughs) drama's done. Yeah. What I like the most about this chapter, though, is the cliffhanger at the end where Kay is like, hey, we should all like live together and figure out like each other's habits and stuff. Well, not just that. It's not just live with each other's habits. We should live in like the oh. actress's lifestyle. So it's yeah. like we should all go method together yes. to get into character. <laughs> and I was like, sweet. Yes. And the other two are like, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Because um, both of them are kind of miffed at the daughter as well. And the rest of kind of like the production staff of like, how dare you look down at us kind of thing. Mm. So even though they were initially competing, they're like, no, we're going to nail this role and make you eat your words. Yeah. So yeah, quite like to act age this week. Is there anything else you wanted to add? Nope. That will bring us to Ayakashi Triangle Chapter 3. I just can't accept that. What do you think about Ayakashi Triangle? You're smiling, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, so. I, I like this one. So we have a little bit more of what the dynamic's going to be. So I love, um, we have the girl, because I can't remember their names, but the... I did not write them down. Yeah, it, whatever. Uh, the one that's actually a girl, kind of having this contemplation of like, so can I still go for her? Because, like, she got turned into a girl, but I'm still really interested, but is that okay? My notes say, can I lesbians? <laughs> yes. Um, I also like that the cat villain from the first chapter is now just like a serial mascot, just trying to steal this scrawl. Yes. So where the main character's like, yeah, I brought it into the bath with me because, or the shower with me because I need, I need to keep, I need to keep an eye on it. So yeah. like I keep, I, I keep it near me at all times. And so the cat uh, sneaks into the bathroom and steals it and he's running away and he's like, ha, she'll never ca- chase after me now. And she's immediately <laughs> chasing after him. He's like, oh shit, that's right. He used to be a dude. He doesn't care that he's going full frontal. And then he's like, I use my Metro ninjutsu and summon a bunch of clothes. It's like, yeah, I, I was prepared for this contingency. He's like, yeah, I do love that. He's like, exorcists are prepared for anything. Yeah, I am much more excited by this direction. Ayakashi Triangle's pretty interesting. Felt like it earned that mature tag this week. Yeah. In some ways it hasn't before. And that's good and bad. Yeah. I'll get a bit more into that with my ranking, but Ayakashi Triangle, I feel like if it's like this every week, I will enjoy it. Well, so the big thing at the end is that he captures the cat spirit. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to kill it. And the girl comes up and is like, no, no, no. We'll never be able to change you back. He's like, that's fine. I need to protect you. Just like, no, we can't do it. He's like, all right, you'll become my pet. Yes. Which is an added dynamic. And also, this one doesn't feel like it has a fight force in it. It has a 
a conflict between the cat and the character, but it's not like a fight. No, it's literally and, like he puts on the clothes and then tackles it and, and gets that, the scroll back. Yeah, and that was the biggest weakness of last week's chapter was that it just felt super tacked on yeah. and unneeded. So if it's more willing to breathe, I think it will be better. Last but not least, that brings us to Dr. Stone's equals 156, two scientists. Dr. Stone thinks it's one piece all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As we get a bunch of flashbacks to Lil Sanku and his relationship with Dr. Zeno, who basically just gives a speech. It's like, if I was sent to the Stone Age, I would be an asshole and use <laughs> science and militarism and fascism to take over. Yeah, I would become a tyrant. I do love that, where it was like, because it's some reporter asks him the question of like, what would you do if time turned back? It was like, I'd use science to, you know, what would you do if you were put in the exact situation you've been put into? Oh, I'd, I'd be a Hitler. <laughs> yeah. So I did, I did like it, but it felt, even though it was good, it still felt like just a lot of a beat of like, yeah, so Senku and Zeno knew each other. Yeah, which we found out last week. Yeah, uh-huh. I, it was like, it, it's fine. Like, I liked the bit where... Senku's like, I'm trying to build a rocket, but I'm struggling. And Taiji's like, uh, why don't you just send a letter to NASA? He's like, okay. And so NASA's like <laughs> reading letters from kids. He's like, oh, this person is like, if space is black, why is the sky blue? And the guy's like, you should answer him. Oh, here's one from this guy, Senku in Japan. Well, let's see what it says. And it just, <laughs> bam, this giant like research paper of a documentation <laughs> pops up where he's like, yeah, so I've been trying to build a rocket, but I've r- obviously run into some struggles. Because he's like, I've only got access to research papers and I'm just running into all of these issues, like a bunch of this stuff I can't make because I don't have access to high-grade materials. Everyone's just like, uh. And Dr. Zeno is like, oh, yeah, your measurement tools suck uh, and you're not getting accurate readings. So you need to spend lots of money on measuring tools. Well, he's just, you need a more accurate measuring yeah. tool. And it's like, it's going to be super expensive. So then Senku flies out to his dad and he's like, you're an astronaut, right? Yeah, you've got a, you've got a special black card for buying any science equipment you want, right? Yep, I'm taking this, bye. Have fun, son. (laughs) I'll come back when I've overloaded it. Yeah, anything else you want to say on Dr. Stone? It was still good. Yeah, I was much less down on Shonen Jump this week. I think in part because Hard Boiled Cop and Dolphin, like, it is another comedy series, and I don't know that that's what Jump needs. At least I did enjoy it. Yeah, I enjoyed a lot of the comedy this week. So that's a good transition into Jump Card. Jump card is the segment where we rank everything we read this week, not just the stuff we talk about every week. What do you have at number 20, Kevin? Can you take a guess? Uh, is it a Gravity Boys? Yes. I also have that there. It was not funny in no. a week where I enjoyed the humor, and I am, if one of us will defend the Gravity Boys, it's me. But, yeah, this yeah. chapter was nothing. Yeah, it, like, it was one of those things where it's like it reverted it, like, nothing happened in it. Nothing was gained, and it reverted itself at the end. So it literally could have not existed, and everything would have been fine. Which would be fine if it was funny, but... It wasn't, yeah. yeah. What do you have at number 19? I have Bone Collection down to number 19. I just don't... Like, a lot of the inconsistencies are really starting to get to me. 
like the exorcists are flying at the end with no explanation. They're just, everyone is flying like Superman. And that honestly really bothered me. I was like, do you not like have like, you made it seem like the one exorcist threw you out into the sticks and now you're just flying home. You're not even flying on Peria. Like, oh, she has the power to fly and I can ride her. Like you're just, everyone's flying home. And there's this stupid thing about Milk Boy. It... I have Haikyuu at 19. Okay. Because it did those Haikyuu like it just glossed over. There was volleyball. It looked pretty. What do you have at 18? I have Michael Chen at 18. Like I said, I just, I didn't particularly find this one super funny. Okay. I have Undead Unluck at 18. Okay. I like the new villains they're introducing, yeah. but I didn't super love the introduction and like the stakes seem super weird. Yeah. Oh, what do you have at 17? I mean, Tom at 17. Me as well. It was kind of okay. Yeah. I, I, I chuckled at it a few times, but, you know, it was not one of my favorite Mitama chapters. Yeah. They make mention of the fact that when you pull on his hair cord things that he's always had, you activate Holy Spirit Light Man. And then when you pop him, he reverts back to normal. And so Ta and P apparently love riding around. Like, he's their new favorite toy when he's Holy Spirit Light Man. So they just constantly, anytime anybody tries to pop him... They just pull on his hair again. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. No. What do you have at 16? I have more king at 16. Uh, we have an introduction of a new insect king. And like, I did kind of like the fact that he was like, well, we need to fight. Well, he didn't, he didn't come out and say that, but it's like, we need to be a contest and the best one to survive wins. But nothing says we have to fight. We can just kind of like try and be the best people that we can. And whoever's the better person at the end wins. Yeah. I, I really like the setup of this chapter of Mori King, so I have it a bit higher, and I really like this like new character, and I, I couldn't put my finger on why exactly. I did as well. It was just kind of the, it didn't have as much comedy to me, so it was like, I feel like more stuff with him could be better, but this one was just kind of like, yes, I'm also one of the insect candidates. I'm not here to fight you, though. Which is like, that in itself was good, where he was like, I don't need to fight you. We're just going to be good kings, and at the end of it, one of us will be better. I have Bone Collection at 16. I agree okay. with you about the inconsistencies, but I, like, I feel like it told a story. That said, if it's telling stories of this caliber every week, I don't think I'd need it in Shonen Jump. Mm-hmm. What do you have at 15? I have Haikyuu at 15. Okay. So I liked it a little bit more just with the... I still always like Shota... Or Hinata just being kind of like, I just, I want to play volleyball. Like, I like that aspect here of, like, I need to get better so that I can play against better people so that I can have games where we get to keep playing volleyball. Like, this is, this is incredible. So I just, I liked some of the back and forth they had going with, like, everyone was impressed that last week he managed to block that, or he managed to return the shot from the guy with a cannon for an arm, but then somebody else managed to do a set from, like, three feet outside of the ring like he was going for a recovery but it turned into a set for a spike which was just kind of cool i have mission yuzakura family at 15 okay i think it was a fine chapter but i don't super love how much we're leaning into this new character mm-hmm. i don't like him as much as their maid we haven't seen for a while or yeah. a bunch of the others i mean it was fine but it didn't make me laugh and the action wasn't great okay i have undead and unluck at 14 I agree with you. The new group seems kind of interesting. It's like, all right, so there's another group coming to hunt UMAs, but they want 
they were like, we need the Gators to go beat up humanity. Yeah, I I mean, it seemed fine. It just... Well, especially with the fact that they're literally walking into the black market of people being like, oh, I heard they found a negator. Those are super rare, right? Like, they, you know, they're probably people that have been mistreated for their powers. So they're like, we're going to lash out against society. Like, I know it's a villain trope that's been done forever, but it's one that's completely understandable to me. So I don't mind it whenever they're like, oh, we were oppressed by, you know, not everyone, but we were oppressed by humans. So I'm going to destroy all humans. Uh, I have Mashal at 14. Okay. I'm having some trouble recalling some details about Mashal. He got a new cute stuffed animal, if I recall. Mm-hmm. And he found a door in the floor and ripped it open. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was, was one funny. joke that there was one joke that really got me, and we'll talk. I'll talk I, about it. I think it when that I... might also be why I put it higher than like Mission Yozakura family, but I don't okay. remember that joke. Oh, what do you have at thirteen? I have Hell's Paradise at thirteen. It was fine, but like not really much happened. We find out that the ninja Gabimar of the Hollow is insane, but we already knew that, and uh, he has made it his mission to now erase all of the lessons that the current Gabby the Maro, Gabby Maro the Hollow learned so that he could become ultra Gabby Maro the Hollow. Okay. <laughs> I have Mori King at 13. Okay. Like I said, I like the new character, but I also like that he comes with his own like supporting cast. Like he has a insect retainer that came with him and he ha- he is also a pet of yes. an owner, which you did not mention. And that like really tickles me as like a sort of rival character. Yeah. What do you have at 12? I have Black Clover at 12. I did like it. I did like, so Noelle is trying her best to shonen her way through the fight, but the enemy's stronger because she's not the main character. So she's like, I know, I'll capture the Heart Kingdom princess, and that will make you want to fight way harder to go save her. So I'll be able to fight somebody strong. So come fight me when you're stronger. And then I did really like the joke at the end where, so we cut to Yami and his fight. And he manages to hurt the guy that he's fighting. And he's like, all right, I'll show you the true power of a demon-human hybrid. And Yami is like, I'll show you the true power of a regular human. Yeah. <laughs> I did like that bit where he's just like, yep, I'm regular human. I'm still going to kick your ass. I have Maki chan at 12. Okay. Like I said, I thought it was pretty funny. Oh, what do you have at 11? I have Chainsaw Man at 11. This was definitely a very interesting turn. Where we do find out that Makima is the control devil. I wonder if that was planned from the start. Because I can see it either way. Yes. I can also see it either way. And one of the other things that I'm wondering is if Denji is still going to be a foil to her. Like, she has to kind of try... Uh, not try very hard, but she has to try to make Denji follow her. Like, I wonder if that's because he's eaten the devil or if that's just her normal MO. Because she tries with most people, right? It seems like she only uses her powers when she has to. Yeah, and so that that's what I mean. I don't know if that like that's just how she is, so she's just controlling and manipulative. So she's like, well, yeah, I could use my powers, but I don't have to. Mm-hmm. But I also like that uh, the President of the United States is like, alright, we need to stop Makima and the control devil, like all the other countries know that she exists and is working with Japan, but there's nothing they can do about it. So he's like, all right, well, America's going to come in and save the day and summon the gun devil <laughs> to go <laughs> yeah, kill Makima. I, I love that bit. Um, yes. I was going to talk about that when I went to, got to mine, but if we want to talk about it now, we can. No, we can We can save okay. more of the gun devil bit for years. I just, I did like that bit where America's like, don't worry, we got guns. <laughs> yes. Where are we, 11? 11. I have Hell's Paradise at 11. Okay. Because I think the Gabi Maru conflict is one of the ones I think I have a handle on and 
care about in yeah. this. So, and I like the bit where he's like, we have to be very careful because she's crazy. Yep. And like, whenever I tell her, like, there's like a fitty, fitty chance that she'll either help us, which would be great, or she'll try to murder us, which would not be great. Yes. What do you have at 10? I've got Jujutsu Kaisen at 10. I like, so we have Tsukino Awakens and just goes to town on everybody around him because he's ridiculously powerful. And so he does a thing where he's like, uh, bow your heads. And the one cursed spirit goes to his knee, but loses part of the top of his head because the other two girls there actually like kowtow. Kowtow? I don't know how you say it. Go down on all fours. Yeah. To him. And he was like, oh, you thought going to a knee was sufficient for me? And so one of the girls is like, hey. Well, or, he asks, oh, yeah, what do you asks, want from me? What do you want from me? And she was like, uh, can you just, there's a man downstairs with a scar on his head. Can you kill him? Because they were like, uh, we want you to save Seto, I think. Because he's the guy, he's the body being possessed by one of the cursed spirits that was Gojo's friend. But he either, I can't remember if he's dead or well, if he's just being possessed. I don't think they're sure. Yeah, but they're like, can you just go kill him so that either way, he's no longer being possessed and used against us? Like, this is bad. And so he kills one of them because he's like, how dare you think that I'll do whatever you say? Yeah. I got Black Clover at 10. Okay. I I talked about this before. It was an okay escalation when this person brought all the enemies that we'd seen the other people fighting back to life. Mm-hmm. But it falls super flat to me that then she just kills them all here and we don't even see... That struggle, even though it's a very shonen villain thing to do. Yeah, she makes them all self-destruct. I mean, Black Clover just continues to be fine shonen. Mm -hmm. Like, not exemplary, not something I really recommend. But there's not much shonen, what I consider shonen. Obviously, this is all shonen stuff. It's all men. But when I think of the word, I think of something very specific. And there's not much much of that left in shonen jump. So that's enough to get number 10. What do you have at 9? I have Mission Yuzakura at 9. I just like the... He's like, I do like it. Not so much the, the character that can disappear, but I liked the girl that he's going to save. Who's like a cat burglar who stole from the pasta family. <laughs> I did. I did forget it was the pasta family. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. So I was just, I, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty cute. And especially with Tayo showing up and he was like, Hey man, you're kind of cutting it close. So I put your name on the mission to actually go help out so that you don't have your license revoked. I have Ayakashi Triangle at nine. Okay. Like I said, I liked it, but the art is very fan servicey and cheesecakey, mm. even when it doesn't need to be. Like, it's one thing for the joke where he's running naked through the forest, but then also just like all the shots of the girl, like thinking like, oh man, like, can we make this work? They're all like straight up her thighs and yep. she's always like in these very provocative poses. And it was just, I mean, the guy is good at drawing it, but it was a lot for me. I yep. felt kind of pandered to. And that's not necessarily what I want this series to succeed on, even though I do think there is a place for that sort of thing in Jump. Well, yeah, I mean, Food Wars existed yes. for a long time. Yes. and I, It did, obviously. And the I, guy started out drawing doujinshi, so. Yes. I, and we never learned to a much lesser extent has yeah. a lot of that, too. It's just that, like, in Food Wars, it was always, like, it felt like parody in a way that was really fun. And here, I mean, it's one thing, like I said, when you have the scene of her running naked through after him. That's yep. fine, but just... Every shot of this character is sexy in a way it doesn't need to be. Yeah. What do you have at eight? I have We Never Learned at eight. 
like for the stuff we talked about, it was fine and cute, but I've still seen it all before. Maybe next week we'll finally deviate since we've caught up to the confession, but I I hope we do. This would be very awkward if it was literally just like, so we get to the confession, then they the three of them have the heart to heart. And instead, Yugia just picks for Hashi instead of Uraka. I have. Yay. I have. We never learned a date as well. Okay. I just considered like, what if it goes exactly the same? And like, he still goes with Uraka. <laughs> this is about how Hashi was sad, and because she didn't like make a move, she's sad forever. Uh, that would be. That's that would a be weird awful. subversion. I don't. Th- yeah, I don't think that's the like way that. I could see a series doing something like that, not something like, like we, we never learned. Yeah, we never. Learned I was like, we never learned would not. I, it could have that term, but that would be terrible. That would be the worst thing ever. Like especially all the people that are like, for she's my favorite. Me? No, she ends up. She ends up sad and alone. It, it, why? <laughs> what do you have at seven? I have Doctor Stone at seven. Okay, I have a hard boiled cup and dolphin at seven. Okay, yeah. What do you have at six? I have Ayakashi Triangle at six. Like I said, I really liked the the can I lesbians <laughs> bit. Like, yeah, I just, it's funny. Yeah, it was good. That and the uh, and- she'll never chase after me in the nude. Oh shit! I forgot she was a girl. She doesn't care about going full frontal. I have Doctor Stan at six. Okay. Um, yeah, not much more to say about it. Yeah, I have Hard Boiled at five. I liked it. I'm. This is a series that I'm really interested in. I have Jujutsu Kaisen at five. Okay. I think I like I said I kind of suspected that this turn was going to be a good one for me on Jujutsu Kaisen. Mm-hmm. Part of it is I kn- kind of know the deal here. Yeah. I, I like that it, it's like a temporary, like for some length of time, this guy is going to be in control. Like yeah. He doesn't know how. And he's like, you know what? I think I'm going to kill every human except for this one within this radius, which is a good escalation of stakes. But I also like how adjacent he is to the entire conflict mm-hmm. and how he clearly has his own, own goals. And my favorite thing in any sort of story like this is when you have a character that is not in line with either of the major factions, like yeah. a Vegeta on Namek. Yes. Yeah, it's very good. What do you have at four? Uh, so I actually have Mashal at four. So I thought it was really funny, and definitely my favorite joke is, so when they're trailing the girl who gave Mashal the cream puff stuffed animal thing. Lemon. She turns around and has no eyes, and the Naruto ripoff is like, oh my god, she's so creepy. Or no, he's like, oh my god, she's so beautiful. What the hell is wrong with me that I think she looks beautiful with no eyes? And that just, that killed me. The fact that he was like, how bad is my fetish? And that she, I think she's still beautiful with no eyes. No, I think his exact line is, what sort of weird stuff am I into? Yes, that's right. What sort of weird stuff am I into? And I just really liked that where he was like, man, I am thirsty. I have act age at four. I really liked Kay standing up for Chrysalis. I mostly like the cliffhanger, though, and where it's leading. So, Yep. What do you have at number three? I have Act Age of Three. Not really much else to talk about with that. I have Chainsaw Man at three. Okay. Because I am super into the high concept stuff. And, like, the American president being like, you know, this may be the worst thing I've ever done, but I have to protect my people. So, Gun Devil, I will give you one year of the lifespan of every American. We will spirit bomb a Gun Devil. <laughs> To kill Makima. And the last couple of pages are a very quick read because they're all splash pages of the gun devil just killing a whole bunch of people with guns. Yeah, and then uh, there's like a huge listing of names. I wonder if the names mean anything specifically. I, I look through them and I don't think so. I think it's just supposed to like 
add like a tragedy element like add well a- what i mean is like i'm wondering if they're like people who wrote in fan letters yeah, or some I, I, something along those lines i would also be curious if that's how uh, where they came from i also love the design of the gun devil yeah it's like that's a huge reason why this went so high that's it is totally like fair. a end game persona you would get it looks rad yeah because at first we thought it was just a giant bullet but that's not the case at all it's like made of ammo belts and has this giant gun for a face or it's it's more like it's got a head that has a giant gun going through it yeah it almost looks like an axe it's not it's definitely a gun but it's yeah like that kind of shape yeah the design on the gun devil is just a huge amount of why i like that while all the splash pages means it reads super quick they are all super detailed as yeah. well yeah yeah it was very good what do you have in number two i have time paradox in number two this is an interesting escalation of, like you said, it's an introduction to the stakes, so I'm excited to see where Time Paradox goes with this. I have my hero at too. Okay. I'm just more excited about the stakes of Time Paradox, I guess, than this moment in my hero that I liked, but felt like it was just something that had to happen. Yeah. I feel I- like I've been waiting for this my hero story to start for months, mm-hmm. and I kept thinking thinking every chapter, this is the time, this is the time, oh man, next chapter's gonna be so good, and... I want it to be, but it hasn't happened yet. Gotcha. And for me, I just really loved that moment where Bakugo and Deku are like, because Gran Torino basically is like, hey, you guys helped out. Thanks. You know, we can handle it from here. No. And then they end up kind of saving the day, sort of. So like, I, I really like that turn, especially with that. Is a splash page with Deku's face in it or... I, this is, it's the first thing I read. Yeah. It was on Friday. So. Bakugo, Bakugo tackles... Tomura, and we don't see Deku actually hitting him, but he's definitely like zipping forward. Like we see his full cowling face, like coming in basically off panel, which looks really cool. All right. That will do it for a jump card. We read Gintama. I said it right. Volume mm-hmm. one. And we will talk about that after the break. read Gintama Volume 1, which I found super interesting. It's even more interesting to me that something like this really took off in 2004. Yeah. Which is like peak Shonen Jump. Yeah. That's why, you know, you got Bleach, Naruto, and One Piece, and they're not quite on all cylinders yet, but they're all there. Yep. What did you think about Gintama? I found it a little weird to start like it seemed like i had missed something when it first started but i definitely like the self-referential humor i like some of it yeah it started to great like i love the bit where he the lens character is like you only protected us for one page and Kitama replies one page is eternity for a manga mm-hmm. artist yes I <laughs> that liked- one super got me but then the latter ones like had diminishing returns yeah one of the earlier ones where he was like, why did you go crazy? He was like, it was my opening scene. Like, I liked that one, too, where Gintama, like, throws some dudes through a building. And, you know, I was like, it was my opening scene. I had to cut loose. So the setting is a very interesting to me. If I want to damn it with faint praise, I'll say it reminds me actually a lot of Tokyo Shinobi squads. 
A little bit, it's yeah. It's not the same thing, but it no. has that certain sort of vibe. If I wanted to be more favorable, i say it's like Firefly, and that's a big mashup of sci-fi and past stuff. And instead of Western culture, it's samurai culture. Yeah, it's like, what would have happened if aliens crashed on Earth during the Edo period? Except for, I find it super difficult to place the time period, which True. I think is intentional, but also I think is one of the problems, because they have TV, right? Yeah, they have TV, they have Shonen Jump. Yeah, it seems to be taking place in modern day, but I, also a reason I struggle with this series is that America is the most xenophobic country on the planet. I believe that completely. Mm-hmm. If there's someone trying to give us a run for our money, though, it's Japan. Yeah. And the aliens here are very clearly a stand-in for foreigners, specifically Americans. Yeah, And the further you go, because they're trying to kind of combine what we did to them after World War II, recreating, rewriting their government with the Commodore Perry, forcing them to open the country stuff. Yeah. And there's a lot of rage directed at it. And, you know, as an American, I'm not a very objective viewer of that. But Mm -hmm. as it goes on, it gets, I don't want to say worse because that stuff starts to fade into the background to a degree. But there seems to be a lot of rage at like America in particular, which makes this an awkward read in addition to like, and they're kind of picking and choosing the worst things we did to them, which to be fair, I, I get yeah, because they're combining these two incidents. Specifically, they talk about how the aliens had these super powerful cannons. So when they aimed them at the Capitol, they had to capitulate and sign a very biased treaty, but also the aliens are now infiltrated the government yeah. and in control. So they also took all the swords away. Yeah, because, well, oh, and that, you know, fair is not something that the Americans said. That predates that. That is yes. part of closing of the country, which I think is why, why I said they're picking and choosing all the bad things. Yeah. Because Japan did that to themselves. We, yes. I also find the Lens character for this series really uninteresting in a way that I found to be kind of, not revelatory, but I did find interesting because I was like, okay, like, what Lens characters do I like and why? Because a lot of times they are kind of, perfunctory mm-hmm. like the one in shaman king i also has to have no attachment to yeah and think he's just like an extra bit yeah but like in Yu-Gi-Oh, the lens characters are able to like sort of move into a role and similarly in dragon ball although unfortunately bulma just kind of goes away for a while yeah um, but at the same time you then get krillin who sort of serves that role and does it much better so yeah. and in one piece nami and usopp are great at it yeah Although part of that is they get to share the burden, so to speak. Yeah. Whereas the guy here, whose name is Senpachi, just really just he just feels like a hanger on to Gintama. Yeah, he does. He even gets referred to as his sidekick, and that's fine. But like his motivation for joining Gintama is kind of weak. I and like none of the stories in here super caught my attention. Yeah. Like the first one, it feels like the typical first Shonen Jump story where there's a lens character. He gets into a bind. There's a cute girl, and the main character saves them. Yep. The second one, even more generic than that, which, you know, I think every single Shonen Jump manga that follows this formula, the second story is the worst part of the entire series. Yeah. But then, like, the third one introduces a new character who I like, so that one's okay. But, like, even moving forward, Mm -hmm. like, and part of it, like I said, is just the allegory going on here, which I'm the sort of person I can't not see that. And I feel very awkward reading it. Yeah. You know, because we have done terrible things to that country as a country, and having to confront it is always awkward, but also it feels like it's been greatly, greatly, not exaggerated, but amplified for this fantasy setting. 
and I don't find the aliens in it very interesting. Like, the sci-fi stuff is almost an afterthought. And like I said, I do like the idea of let's, let's mesh, like, Edo period samurai stuff with some sci-fi elements. I mean, Firefly works great, and samurai films are just westerns. Yeah. So it should be well, great, but, like... Even the- Dragon Ball Z kind of tends to do that, where it's like, you know, you have these dudes doing karate tournaments, but then everyone has access to like instant houses and flying cars and stuff like that, where it feels like, you know, this is some weird time period mashup of you have Goku who's living as a hermit in the mountains. And then you have people in civilization who can, you know, create skyscrapers in an hour. But like Dragon Ball from the start is based on journey to the West. So it feels like a fantasy world from the start, right? It's just a fantasy world that has advanced to the point where it has TV yeah. So like when they get to the big city and like they have all this technology, it works. Similar with Naruto, you know, is ninja period, but they have radios and laptops and refrigerators. They weirdly do not have TV in Naruto. Yes. But that's like the one just like weird exception. But that all feels like it meshes. And there's something about Gintama that feels off to me. Did you not also get that? No, that I was just trying to compare it to something that I could think of where it's never that. Dragon Ball Z feels off, except for the part where Goku and Piccolo go to get driver's licenses for some reason. <laughs> That's a filler arc to you. That does not happen in the manga. I know it and doesn't it, happen in the manga. And also, it's the best filler episode of anything ever? Yeah. Why do we need to get driver's licenses? We can fly. <laughs> but yeah, it does. it's a very weird mesh because it's like, oh no, they took away the swords. Okay, but like they have guns, right? Except nobody has guns either. Like... This is weird. Yeah. And I assume as the series goes on, that like will be explored more. And visually, it's got a lot of striking stuff. But like I said, none of the characters really grabbed me. The one that stood out the most was Sinpachi, because he's the lens character. He's the one I'm kind of supposed to relate to, but he just feels extra. I guess his actual name is Gintoki. Is fine, but he just feels like an anime protagonist. He and... Not like a shonen protagonist, like he feels somebody like Toriko or something like that, where like he's extremely powerful off the bat. He doesn't feel like Naruto, who's, you know, like struggling. To be fair, Goku is also that. I I just, Goku is that as well. But like, I realize they're shonen protagonists, but like, I think of, when I think of a shonen protagonist, I think of like Naruto or Deku or somebody that like has to go on a journey to find their strength. Like, and I mean, Goku goes on a journey to find more strength, but like, these guys feel like I'm already extremely powerful. Like, you haven't seen the limits of what I can do. But even like, I feel like there are a lot of characters like that, and I gravitate strongly to those stories. Those are the characters that tend to do better on personality power level. But also, Soma is in the Goku category. I think there are more characters in that Goku category of I'm very strong than are in that Naruto category, which is part of what makes the latter feel so special. Yeah, so Um, maybe I just misspoke when I said it doesn't feel like a shonen character, but he's in that just extremely strong off the bat kind of thing you know he's the he's an out-of-the-box badass as opposed to somebody that has to grow yeah and he never feels like he's struggling in this volume right? no it feels like at any moment he might get a rival character and he might have to reveal he's not left-handed but yeah but we don't get to that point well yeah because this is kind of the this kind of has a rurona kenshin feel yeah i was trying to transition into that too and it feels very kenshin inspired i think part of it is this that kenshin is also playing with that era and yeah. the idea of the death of the samurai and the introduction of guns yeah. And Gintama is in a very similar spot to where Kenshin seemed. And he's like, I'm just so tired of killing people. 
Yeah, so he runs around with a boken as opposed to an actual samurai sword because he fought in the the war essentially when the aliens attacked because we learned that in the final chapter mm-hmm. like Gintama or Gin what whatever his name is was you know oh he was it was just like Kenshin it was like oh he was one of the best samurai on the planet but now he's just kind of like yeah I'm a freelancer because like I need to buy Shona Jump when it comes out <laughs> I do I did like that where he's like oh I messed up Shonen Jump came out on Saturday this week. <laughs> yes. <He's laughs> I like, forgot to buy it. And uh, Shinpachi's like, aren't you a little too old for Shonen Jump? You're never too old for Shonen Jump. You tell him, Gin. He's <laughs> like, yeah. Well, statistically speaking, anybody reading this disagrees with you, so. Yes. <laughs> anyway, to be complimentary to it, I do think the combat art is pretty good. Yeah. It's not blowing my mind good, but... I enjoy reading the fights in this, particularly the few flashbacks we get to the war. I really like the sort of style, the subtle style shift mm. the mangaka employs for that. Um, yeah. But even the more modern battles are pretty fun. It's just none of the characters have super grabbed me. Yeah. The Saiyan is my favorite, I think, <laughs> but. You don't you like know, Cat Girl Rock Lee? I mean, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what else to say about it. The allegory is right on its sleeve. It's very easy to see. And in some ways, that's good. But like as a, you know, non-Japanese native, and especially as an American, he's like, ooh, like we're being cast as aliens. That's off-putting. And, you know, I'm not the audience for that. Yeah. Um, So that's not necessarily something I want to hold against it. But it did sort of repel me right away. Mm -hmm. It's not something I'm super interested to go back to either. Not particularly either i don't know how well it did over here i mean you know it wasn't on cartoon network that's fair it wasn't in the you know collection when they were printing shonen jump you know a thousand years ago it wasn't one of the titles they chose yeah and i think that was tactical it even on the cover of the volume because i have a physical one it doesn't say as seen in shonen jump it says shonen jump advanced (laughs) like Mm -hmm. this is like extra stuff from it yeah I don't know what else to say about it. It's kind of, like I said, it's a bit of an awkward read, so it's a bit awkward to talk about. Um, yeah. Anything else you wanted to say on it? Nope. All right. All that leaves is Jump Card. Vegeta, what does the scouter say about his power level? Jump Card is the segment where we rank manga characters from best to worst. At the very top, speaking of those uh, tryhard protagonists, we have Uzumaki Naruto. Mm-hmm. At the very bottom, we have that guy who's not even Yamcha from that time I got reincarnated as Yamcha. And dead in the center, we have Tomura Shigaraki from My Hero Academia. I guess Sakata Gintoki is the character that makes yeah. sense to rank. I don't think he's as good as Goku. No. Ichigo? I don't think he's quite as good as Ichigo either, to be honest with you. That's definitely more the right spot for him. You, yeah. you look like you're thinking. Yeah, well, I was I was going to say definitely he feels kind of like an Ichigo where he's like kind of checked out and just kind of like Ichigo. He's like, he's checked out, but I'm super strong, but I like don't care about anything, but I'm here to make jokes. Mm-hmm. How do you think he compares to Eren from Attack on Titan? I find him less annoying than Eren. <laughs> Eren's kind of whininess tends to get to me a lot, like especially as I watched more and more of the show i just kind of started getting more and more annoyed at him which is why i just fell off attack on titan i was like i'm kind of getting done with this like you can only be eaten by a titan in so many ways before i stop <laughs> giving a shit okay so you think gen goes above him yeah 
I don't think I like him as much as Santa from Ice Shield 21. No. So our final question, I know where you'll land on this and I'll know where I'll land on this. So I guess we'll have to make arguments. Is he better or worse than Speed of Sound Sonic from One Punch Man? I'm going to say worse. I see. And I'm going to say better because I could not imagine reading a manga about Speed of Sound Sonic. I couldn't read a whole manga about Speed of Sound Sonic, but I could definitely do. uh, They've basically done one shots. Yeah. With him where it's like it's still part of the series, but it's like, here's what Sonic was doing. Uh huh. And it's just, it's something I've liked about, like, like I said, I personally just like him better. I'll, I'll default to you, even though I don't think you convinced me, but I get my way all the time. So I'll let you have your way. So Sakata Gintoki will go at number 56 above Aaron Yeager and below Speed of Sound Sonic. And that will do it for this week. Next week, we are going to be back with another volume of Flame of Rekka. We are on volume six, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Volume six, yeah. Until then, our opening theme is Fighting Against One's Will by Midair Machine. Our closing theme is A Psychic Fistfight by Tom W. Emerit. Other music on the show is by Spectacular Sound Productions, and our album art is by Kate Wynn on DeviantArt. www.lastpodcast.com is our website, where you can check out my other podcasts, Last Time on Video Games and It's a Gundam as well as join our Discord if you want to talk about some manga or some comics. Anything you want to plug this week, Kevin? We're finally getting anime back, starting once this releases next week, I think. Yeah, like, I'm going to have a super busy season because there was a bunch of stuff I was watching last season. Mm-hmm. And there's, I think, only one new series I want to pick up for this season, but all that's coming back. Yeah. So it's going to be weird and interesting. Have a great week, everyone. Watch some anime. Gotta stop, don't you know, subliminal.